So um, when I said I was like 12, the, I was home with my mom. The light went out and I was like, man, the, 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 the JPS guys came through and they kind of just yanked, haphazardly yanked off the lines, right? Because they're just there to just yank them up, right? Um, and then I went outside and I saw that and I ran, got the ladder. <laughs> I went and got some construction gloves, those big, thick ones. Uh, and I put it on the pole and I started climbing, um, trying to be a man when I'm just a boy, right? And I, I took the ladder, I started climbing all while my heart, I, if I think about it now, I can feel how my heart was beating in my chest, like right now. Fear than I ever felt before. I was like, man, I think I can figure this. I've seen them done it a lot, climbing up. I second guessed myself and I was like, you know what? I don't think I should touch that line today. I'm 100% certain that if I had gone and uh, messed with that, that wire, I wouldn't be sitting here today. Well, welcome to Energy Bridge, Sheldon. We're we're gonna just talk about all kinds of different fun things. But when we first met, you told me a little bit about your story, and I just thought it was really interesting and something we should share. So, tell me about about your you coming up. <laughs> I think is what you say. So right? coming up in, okay, in Jamaica. So from from like how far we're going back? Yeah, like the beginning, <laughs> or kind of just like. Well, you're from Jamaica, right? I am. I am uh, born and raised. Um, I came here when I was 19. Okay. 19. But I can go back a little further than 19. Um, I The reason why I actually got here is because of track and field. Okay. Uh-huh. It's very similar, I would imagine, to even the States. Uh, a, way out, a way out, as you'd call it, is through athletics. Uh, athletics and um, I I had track I I was a, a very active child growing up so played a lot of cricket I was the one that like on Sundays mm -hmm. when it's time to do chores my mom have the gospel music blurting out loud because that's what Jamaicans do on, on Sundays but it's when you hear the loud gospel music in Sunday morning waking you up on the bed you know it's time for chores I would disappear playing cricket from like eight in the morning to like nine at night. <laughs> or I'll play cricket, then stop playing cricket, play some basketball, stop playing some basketball, go um, uh, play some uh, soccer, football or whatever, right? So I, I was a very energetic kid, um, but kind of growing, growing up, I, I would say I had a, a little a critical thing a lot. I think that was just something for me that was just inbred. It was just like, it was just like a gift. I don't know if you call it like problem solving, critical thinking. It was just something that I've always done. So even if I see kids just doing random things that kids are just being kids doing, I'm that awkward kid showing up, messing up the fun. Like you guys are playing football or soccer right now. Do you not see like, five different random things spiking on the ground. What if one of y'all fall on that and die? Like I was that kid at like seven, eight, messing up the other kids' fun. Cause what kids is really thinking about that, right? Okay. They're just having fun. 
So I would say, you know, but, uh, I, you know, kind of just growing up, I, I, you know, I got into, so I, so just because that's how I was naturally sort of inquisitive, inquisitive, like, okay. yes, yes. I was doing all these sports and I was like, well, which one do you think is going to, and I thought this very, very earlier on, which one of these sports do you think you have the best shot of actually getting a scholarship at? Oh, uh, okay. That's what I thought in my young brains and I no adults nothing is that just came in my brain and at the time well even now uh you've always been like a huge amount of uh athletes getting scholarships to come here right to come to the u.s because that was the ultimate goal uh for me to come to the united u.s uh funny enough when i was around 16 uh my aunt one of my aunt asked me because at that age, you're getting ready to leave high school in Jamaica. And either you're going to go work or you go to higher education or you get a scholarship, right? But in my country, and I'm not just trying to paint a bad light, is like society determine who you become by the grade six. Almost, yeah. Because by grade six, if you're not like academically inclined enough, you start to like legit fall off. And if you don't have some type of athletic ability to kind of keep you ahead to, it's the, you just fall off. So you're either just subservient or you become this type of elite. So there's hardly any like in between, you see? Um, and one, one time my aunt was like, hey, um, because I used to run track all the time because track was, I chose track. Out of all those sports, I chose track, right? And then my aunt was like, Shannon, when are you going to stop running and actually start doing something else that can actually help your future? And I told my aunt, I was like, I'm not going to stop running until I run to America. <laughs> <laughs> How rude is that, right? I, you shouldn't even talk like that, right? But to me, I think at the time I felt it was an assault on my dreams. Mm. At the time I felt that, and she wasn't, she didn't mean, I don't think she meant anything harmful by it, but she was at a level um, where, you know, and now she's seen her young nephew just kind of doing random stuff. Like, this ain't going to get you a job. You know, this is not going to do stuff. Or you need to go work or something. And I'm like, that's not my future, miss. <laughs> I'm running far as possible from here um so so long story short of course you got to do the work so i did the work got the scholarship it was kind of scary for me though because i was doing really really well um coming up doing athletics my final year they call it class one my final year i had a horrible hamstring injury oh horrible imagine this you <laughs> you work in your whole life at that point because i started seriously at maybe like 13 yeah it was doing like all age uh, i mean like middle school uh, or or elementary or whatever but seriously was at like age 13 which is first form in my country i think that's like middle school here uh you know uh, six seven eight grade or durable right uh, and i was trying to you know i was doing it seriously at that point all the way up till i was like 18 13 14 15 16 that's a lot of years you know mm -hmm. And then the year that I was supposed to get the big scholarship to go to LSU, because they're the ones that was scouting me. I like just destroyed my hamstring. 
Uh, so I almost ended up with no scholarship. I got lucky. The coach of LSU at the time, I think he was like a San Diego old boy or something like that, if I'm remembering right. He used to, he was like an alumni of my high school. Mm -hmm. So he knew about me that I actually had talent. It's just that I hurt myself. And he was like, there's no way we can take you to, T uh, to LSU like this. You're going to need, because you got such a bad hurt, you're going to have to redevelop. So they actually gave me a scholarship to go to a D2 school. Okay. So that's how I actually came to the States. I did used to run track, yeah. So that, that is something we have in common. Oh, you used to run track? I did, yeah. What, what event did you run? Uh, believe it or not, I was a hurdler. What? Uh, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, so and the thing is, that the reason why I was a hurdler is because my left hamstring <laughs> is very chronically tight. Ah, okay, and so, but I could kick just enough to get over to the hurdle with my right leg, <laughs> and then my left leg would always trail. Well, so I could get that. So I literally just could make it over the hurdles. But uh, but I I love first time you ever said that. Man. Oh yeah, no, we I, that's, that's why we that's why we 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 talk like this because yeah. I'm a hurdler. Yeah, yeah. I did the one ten and the four hundred. Yeah, so yep. you earned it. Yep. Intermediate that's, hurdle. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and so, and I, I did make it, I did okay. Uh, I, I went to a school named Chaminade, which was, mm -hmm. uh, well known for, uh, for lacrosse and I actually would have played more lacrosse, but I injured my hand my freshman year. So, so you uh, that, that's why I ended up at, yeah, I do. Yeah. Yep. It's so tormenting, right? Right. And I wasn't able to use sports. I had to use, you know, other methods Ooh. of trying to, trying to, to move my, my future forward but yeah and, and it's kind of interesting so you you say you got lucky but i know it wasn't luck i know it was a lot of hard work that got you yeah it really really was yeah so but let me ask you about this though because you know we're talking about the the energy bridge right and track for you was a way of getting you um out of the the the, the um the caribbean or the caribbean right mm -hmm. and into the united states mm -hmm. um but the bridging light so you, you you mentioned poverty and and um uh and that that can be a hard thing to talk about but hopefully it won't be too hard to talk about but you you didn't grow up with lots of means right and a lot of people in Jamaica they don't necessarily right? uh, the minimum wage in that country mm -hmm. is nineteen hundred U S dollars not per month per year nineteen hundred dollars a year a year man minimum wage Jamaican minimum wage okay think about that right. So growing up too, um, um, it, it's kind of actually intense because it's how I was brought up, um, uh, kind of fuel, uh, kind of my intense desire, I would say, to really use energy, right? That's, that's one of the reasons why, you know, kind of bring me here because I just not having electricity growing up that, that that does something to people so wait you didn't have electricity no, growing up no no we had to <laughs> okay well wait let me ask you another question before you answer this because i think i know what you're about to tell me so um okay so you you grew up in a house you didn't have power because you couldn't afford it. i wouldn't even call it a house the whole house is like this and okay. you like this little tiny little space what this is like 12 by 15 okay this is night the whole the kitchen was there the the two beds were there 
and my whatever. Like, it, the, the place was so small. Like, me and my brother, we used to, because I have one older sibling, we used to play, like, you know, kids ride pillows? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like a horse kind of Like thing. a horse? Yeah. Our parents' bed and our bed was so close, we could have hopped from <laughs> up on the pillow from one bed to the next. Just, yeah. Gotcha. Tiny little spot. It was so, it, like, kind of in a position that we were in, um, coming from a culture like that, the thing that everybody steals <laughs> mm -hmm. is actually like believe it or not no yeah that, that i thought that was really interesting. but but think that the that the thing that dichotomy of it or just the the opposite sides of it right a genuine culture that's against that they'll they'll sing songs about what they'll do to people that does that like it's like it's a known thing you don't do that right you don't just steal don't, you don't you don't steal. steal right don't do it like at all, like you're the you're the scum of the earth. You're the worst. Just don't do it. Hey, you see. Um, but in that culture, I mean, I I don't want to put a specific percentage, but just kind of a country that um, two is like three million, mm -hmm. a little island. Um, in most country, majority of the country earns minimum wage. Wow. In most countries, right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah just, right. I'm just trying to use some in general. general. Yes, in general. Most of the... Right. You see what I mean? Yeah, in Jamaica, too. In Jamaica, too. Okay. Therefore, how many people you think out of those three million is earning less than $2,000 a year? You know, we're just, trying to, just yeah. trying to critically think about it, right? Right. A vast amount. Every single one of those individuals cannot afford electricity. <laughs> okay. Can't. How are they going to afford electricity? They can't even afford living. That, uh, squatting is another big thing, but let's, let's kind of keep it. Mm -hmm. you see, they can't even afford to live. So how are they going to pay for electricity, right? They can't. Um, so the alternative is to bridge light. Think about that. Okay. A culture that's so much, again, stealing a vast per per percentage of the population has to steal just to be civilized, in a sense. Just to have light. Yeah. Therefore, they couldn't even call it stealing light. They couldn't call it stealing light because no. you can't talk about stealing. Yeah, stealing yeah. wrong. Yeah, it is. But it's if you're bridging the you're light. Bridging light. <laughs> okay. Right? So JPS, they got uh, 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 Jamaica Public Service or whatnot. They. Um, they're the only energy provider, kind of like many of the co-ops in and around the U.S., right? All the, it's just one, right? Uh, it's just, uh, and they they just, uh, you know, you, you know, they discharge folks. But at the end of the day, um, I remember one distinct memory as a kid. I, I, prob I was no more than maybe 12 years old probably 12 years old and um i was home with my mom and you were already very observant right we were talking about that earlier right yes very observant you're curious. inquisitive curious trying to solve problems yeah. yeah so you've been watching what other people I've are been doing watching what the adults yeah okay <laughs> right yep i'm <laughs> I've been watching what the adults were doing and, and you're um, like, how do they have light over there? They can't afford it. <laughs> they can't afford it. They're poor just like me. Right. I can stay in my house and see through their house. <laughs> <laughs> and vice versa. 
So I know they're not. But but that's one of the neat thing about growing up in actual poverty. You don't know you're poor. Gotcha. Everybody around you is poor. I only start hearing about stuff like that when I started going to school and kids were were just telling their story. But I came to find out that half of those kids were just making up dreams in their head because they may live up very far from where we did. So, for example, I live in a little place called like Spin. That's just a pure cane field. What, what was it called? Spin. It's uh, um, like Spin. Yeah. And it's uh, like close to Innswood. But basically, it's just cane fields. Okay. Cane fields. Another interesting thing why I knew I had to, as an observant child, why I knew I had to leave was I didn't like the type of labor I saw growing up. And they were chopping canes, man. Okay. In my eyes, that's something you do in slavery days. <laughs> okay. They were physically chopping cane just to put food on the table. Like, I've legit, uh, most of the men that I grew up amongst, like the old, you call the OGs, the, the, the older guys, that's what, that's what they've always done. And they were getting old. By the time I was a kid, they were getting old, so they were dying off. Right? But those, that was the example that I saw. It was like, how you make a living is you use your back and you ch like they had machetes this big, mm. sharpen it for like forever, and they're just chopping canes. Like they'll have a row of cane, like a whole football field. And a guy would take a row, and another guy would take a row, and they're just hacking away. Can you imagine that? My back hangs just big. <laughs> that does not sound fun. No. I, that's one of the reasons why I want it. It's that level of, I mean, no regard for, like, they used to burn the cane. I don't remember. I don't even know the exact reason why they used to burn it. But they burn it. They kind of burn it out. I don't know if they're trying to get out critters for when they go to chop it. Or it makes the extracting the cane sugar easier. I don't know. But they used to burn it. And that thing was to put so much black dust in the air. Just fell on your clothes on the line. Zero regard for, you know. Uh, but but again, it was not an issue because you didn't know growing up as a kid like that. But uh, the distinct memory I had was uh, the, I was home with my mom. The electricity went out um, and we immediately knew what it was because what I've always seen was that adults run little extension wires running up the pole and just attach something on the raw wire and they get electricity. I saw my dad do it several times. My uncle's done it. Is that's how we've afforded electricity? How we got electricity there? So you were seeing people, yeah, climbing poles. My dad, my and uncle, your dad, your uncle, people that dad, you knew, neighbors. Mm -hmm. You watched them mm -hmm. climb up, physically climb poles and mm -hmm. connect wires mm -hmm. in order to to get electricity to, to get electricity to your house. Uh, that's what I saw. Growing and up. that. Well, that's bridging the line. That's bridging the line. And I got to do quotes right. every time. Because quotes because stealing. it's stealing. It's yeah. stealing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it is stealing electricity, right? I, I actually, I was so interested and fascinated by this. I Apparently 20% of all the power in Jamaica is bridged. Bridge is that much. 20%. Mm -hmm. 20%. 20%. Yep. Imagine. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Which is part of the reason why the cost of electricity in Jamaica is so high because they have to produce that power. And if 20% of people are bridging it, then that 
but it's but also it's it's an affordability issue. It just overall an affordability. I gotta disagree with you. Okay, on that one. Um, that's probably the narrative. Okay, put out there for when somebody who is curious says with good intention, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you gotta say it's these criminals. Why? I'm not. No, I'm not saying. I'm not saying you were saying that. But no, I'm not saying. No, I know you're not saying that. But that's what I was reading. Exactly. It's yeah. out there. It's like these people are just stealing light, and that's why these rich, uh, this rich company has to be charging more. No, that's that's not what it is. Um, what it is is just flat out um, how economy works simply put electricity is high in hawaii why is that it's an island mm. and they don't have no source of generating or refining their electricity there so they got to pay more to just get it there and then building infrastructure and all, that's why electricity is high right that's why it's high i mean the problem is not electricity being high. The problem is you can't provide a livable wage for your population. That's the problem. It is high, don't get me wrong, but we can't even figure out a way how to get 3 million people to, like, come on, man, Houston is bigger than that. Mm -hmm. You see where I'm coming from? Right. How can you not figure out how to get that tiny, that's not, and the thing is, like when you're growing up in a certain environment, it just it seems big to you, but it's like that's not that's like a, a freaking tiny meteor could have just wiped Jamaica all off the map right now, like a tiny one, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> like a very tiny one. It's just gone for eternity, right? Um, so it's it's not even it's and you know I'm, I get a little passionate about it because you know, I was one of those folks, right? And then it's just like, um, I don't wanna, you know, that type of narrative, it's never really what it is. I, I personally believe it's, is the rich companies trying to make a profit and they're trying to make a profit by any means necessary. And they're, they're trying to make the profit of people who can't even afford it. And then you see why people like come together and be like, screw it they don't care they're like man i can't afford this i'm just gonna steal it and you know and i'm not defending i'm not defending it in in in, in so many words because stealing is wrong no matter if you steal from a giant corporation or from the guy on the side of the road with his stall his shop right the stealing is wrong totally um but this i don't i don't like things getting spoiled yeah yeah i get it so in your situation, then you you remember that, and there was a you were about to start uh, telling us about about this yeah. this vivid memory. Uh, and and so then that time, but yeah, and and the thing is, no, that's okay because what the thing that's super interesting is that is that your vivid memory. I want you to tell that story. Your vivid memory. You ended up not bridging the light, mm. but you came so close. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, when I said I was like 12, the, I was home with my mom, the light went out, and I was like, man, the, 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 the JPS guys came through and they kind of just yanked, haphazardly yanked off the lines, right? Because they're just there to just yank them off, right? 
Um, and then I went outside and I saw that and I ran, got the ladder. <laughs> I ran and got some construction gloves, those big, thick ones. Uh, and I put it on the pole and I started climbing, um, trying to be a man when I'm just a boy, right? Um, <clears throat> and my mom didn't like the idea and I was climbing, I was climbing my heart. Let me get this right. Your mom didn't want you to climb a power pole and try to connect some wires. Right. So the, yeah, go figure. Okay. So she, she didn't think that was a good she idea. Saying, no, don't do that. But again, you know, being stubborn thinking I know more than I do. Cause I mean, you're an inquisitive kid. Yeah. You know about electricity. <laughs> you're right. I know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, took the ladder not, you know, she's saying no, no, no. And, and I, I took the ladder. I started climbing all while my heart, I, if I think about it now, I can feel how my heart was beating in my chest. Like right now, fear than I ever felt before. I was like, man, I think I can figure this. I've seen them done it a lot, climbing up. But when I was like halfway, my mom started wailing. Like, stop regularly. She was like, no, Sheldon, don't do it. Don't go. It was like hollering like I was already dead. Mm, okay. <laughs> like that type of ball. You know that gut ball, like you hear it, you know, when you're really mourning, like, uh, like initially or whatnot. Um, and I, that just kind of draw my attention and I looked over at her for a quick second and I was like, I second guessed myself and I was like, you know what? I don't think I should touch that line today. I'm a hundred percent certain that if I had gone and uh, messed with that, that wire, I wouldn't be sitting here today. Um, and, uh, that kind of led into the, or led to the passion that I have um, to have the ultimate privilege to be in the U.S. and even take it one step further, have the means or the the ability to start my own uh, solar company, my energy company, right? And then it gives me this zeal to say, man. As a child, you could not even afford electricity. And then now growing up, trying to, you know, finding yourself and everything like that, you are actually using a new, uh, well, I wouldn't say new, using renewable source of power to actually help people to have affordable electricity. Yeah. You know? So it, it really, it drives a lot of my passion that I have for this and uh, for the renewable industry, for solar. I tell you what, uh, this is a, also a true story. When I was maybe younger than 12, I had an idea. Because of those, I, I think I was more inquisitive than I thought, now that I think back as a child. <laughs> I really did. I had this thought came to my head. Um, again, remember, I had this disdain for the cane fields, right? Mm -hmm. I had that. That's like base level. I hated it. Yep. I want to do everything to get away. As a matter of fact, all through college, I used to remind myself, you make sure you do good because the only thing for you if you go back home is to go chop cane. Mm. That's why I keep myself on my toes. I'm like, man, you ain't getting the grades. You want to go chop cane? <laughs> man, you're, you're wasting time. You want to go chop cane? You see what I mean? So I don't want to chop cane. <laughs> but just as a child, my disdain for the cane field, um, because uh, I grew up in it, I played in it, like, because I, I got very allergic skin, mm. and those bands, when they cut you, 
Oh my, if you got allergic skin, it just swells up. But I still played them because it was very fun. We play all type of game. Indian and, and cowboy. We play shootout. We played and we made some very artistic guns, man, with clay. We go to go fishing and you gotta dig up um uh uh worms. And all the, the mud that you dig up from the worm, we used to use them to make all type of stuff. Okay. All right. And oftentimes it would be like guns. <laughs> so we used to play all type of games uh, with those uh, with those things. And um, uh, you know, it it was just it was just interesting uh, growing up in that environment. But being in those cane fields, um, one day I was thinking to myself, what if? someone would just cut down these stupid cane fields and actually replace them with solar panels. Mind you, at that point, I didn't even knew what a solar farm was. That was just an idea that just popped in, you know, in my head. But here, oh, my little brain dissuaded me in less than five minutes. Because uh, obviously, I don't know anything. This was maybe like 10 or even younger, right? I told myself, I was like, well, solar panel, they're shiny, right? I don't even know what a solar panel is. I just probably heard some brief one conversation or whatever that, you know, it provide energy or whatever, right? Um, and then I dissuade myself. I was like, well, you're going to put a huge amount of solar panels in huge fields. Uh, but how is it going to affect the planes? When <laughs> oh, you when thought it was going to mess up the planes flying yeah. overhead? That's what I thought to myself. I was like, the plane is going to reflect and it's going to cause accident in the air. That's a dumb idea, Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, huh? Yeah. But yeah. that actually came to my mind. And, um, you know, you know, so, you know, I used to remind myself with different things to go through college, make sure I get the good grades, you know, do everything right. Came to the U.S. Um, and then this is where it gets tricky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is where it gets tricky. Okay, well, let's talk about that for a minute. But I just, just, mm -hmm. just because I think this is really important. So mm -hmm. we're we're th we're talking about the energy bridge, energy right? Bridge, mm -hmm. right? And um, and so track. We talked about track as being that that was the that was the bridge that basically got you to the U.S. Correct. But even before that your your experience with energy mm -hmm. um and and needing and wanting energy you were so desperate for energy that you were super close to bridging your own energies basically thrilling <laughs> it bridging my death bridging yeah you almost died i would died if i touched that line. so so this is a an intimate issue for you and Very has been intimate. your entire life but very intimate and um and then so from there when it, you said it gets tricky there's there's a whole other set of stories that you told me about about what happened yeah, yeah. um when you when you got to, to the u.s yeah. you ended up in a couple different schools mm -hmm. but you made your way to houston so mm -hmm. so you know just we could talk about some of that stuff if, mm -hmm. if you if you want to yeah, yeah. um uh but you made it to houston and you ended up running for where did you end? Um, so I got recruited by LSU, mm -hmm. but to go to a uh, small school called uh, uh, Lindenwood University in St. Charles, Missouri. Okay. Um, I went there, and um, it wasn't a good experience. It wasn't a good experience. Not, That's, yeah, you not at all. It was like time stopped. Have you ever watched like some of those old movies? 
and they kind of see like those brick rolls <laughs> and like you'll see a store with a mannequin but mannequin but no people in it okay with the place where i went to that's kind of like how it looked it's like just it was weird it felt funny i was like i would walk and feel like man i would have not want to be here night 50 years ago right <laughs> I, you know um and uh you know my experience there was not good that school actually made um national news back in my country because they 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 were prejudiced and they were very racist uh towards a lot of Jamaicans and you know um it was very uh, a a down a really sad thing because where I grew up you know it was mostly just black folks I didn't really experienced it like that you know <clears throat> and then come here and then have this you know somebody that's not my race just wag their finger in my face and say you don't belong here it was like jarring wow yeah it was so jarring i didn't realize what he meant until like two years after <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't even know he was being racist to me because I didn't knew really what it was. If that, that's kind of weird, but it's the truth. Like wagging, like like have me braced up, my back against a wall, wagging your finger in a. You're like freaking 50, 60 years old, and wagging your finger in a little 19 year old face, telling him you don't belong here. I knew exact. No, well, I kind of understood what he was saying, but but anyways, um, long story short trying to escape that, went to New York. That was any better, man. Um, I thought I was big in this. Leave that. A guy named Linden recruited us from Lindenwood to go to uh, leave a guy named Linden, right? I don't have any luck with the name Linden. Right, no, apparently not, yeah. <laughs> a guy, uh, Linden, recruited me from a school called Lindenwood. That mm -hmm. didn't go right because he said, ah, oh, leave those racist people in. <laughs> he, he was, uh, uh, leave those racist people in, in misery, man. Come to New York. You know, people, you don't care about that type of stuff. And I was like, okay, sure. I didn't really have any options at that point because they expelled me for no good reason, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, just because um, of, of, of everything like that. They kicked me out of school. And then they say just, uh, you know, go back home and, and everything like that. Um, with zero proof, they're saying that I fought when nobody saw the fight. Mm. It was a scuffle between me and my roommate with the doors locked. He went and snitched <laughs> that we had a scuffle. And you expel two teenagers for that? Nobody got hurt. There was no cuts, nothing. It was his word against mine. And you're going to expel me for that? Come on, man. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. That actually drove me for a long time. Because I'm like, I was going, I'm going to make so much money one day I'm going to sue those people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They're trying to cut my future short for no reason. Like, how, how do you expel two teenagers for that? They were trying to expel me. And then I protest, I protest, I protest. I went to all my professors. And they're like, Shelly is a good student. Why? This is weird. Mm -hmm. And they protest along with me, right? Because with everything is good and bad, right? I was getting that mostly like from the dean and stuff, the racism I was getting. But like my teachers that they were like, they treat me really, really kind, you see? So I had that love from, so I went to them. I was like, this is what's going on. 
Um, and they actually helped me protested someone, so they had to kick the other guy from school too. Mm. The one who snitched, right? So in my culture, they say, when you're digging a pit, dig too. <laughs> you ever heard that one before? I haven't actually. When you're but digging I think a I pit, know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? So, um, yeah, that's, that's what I experienced initially. Um, went to New York. <clears throat> This this black dude was like, get away from these white folks. They're, they're racist. Lyndon, oh, okay. Lyndon, no, Lyndon brought me, you know, he was a black guy from Canada. Um, and he was, I don't know if he was either a coach or what, or was trying to become a coach or a teacher or whatnot at CUNY, City University in New York. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a 19-year-old man going to New York. Who's going to turn that down? And I'm expelled anyways, running around campus hiding because... They, 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 yeah, they, they even locked me up, man. Mm. It was a bad experience in St. Charles. Wow. They locked me up. They, they, they kicked me off of a campus that my, that the address is in my visa. Like, <laughs> oh man. The address of the school, where else am I going to go? You were, you recruited me on a false pretense because it even gets worse and i'm not trying to digress too no I, it's I, a no. real thing yep, yep. they they were they were running a scheme mm-hmm. they would tell you to come to us this school would tell athletes like myself to come to the us that you're going to be on a full scholarship and then all of a sudden you're on your full scholarship but then there's a thing called work study mm-hmm. and how am i going to work study still run track full-time and still maintain quality grades like it don't make sense if you're going to be running track kind of giving your school accolades you do track and you go to school track is the work study <laughs> you would think you would think yeah but they want you to do work i mean so we would have to end school go clean a hall like big like i mean like a two basketball field or even more back breaking work like using mops clean that thing then we go to tr- practice and or some of our other colleagues other jamaicans other caribbean country they had a whole scheme going would have to go clean dozens of toilets or some of them after practice they got to go in the kitchen and cook all the food for the entire school it was terrible mm. yeah that's <laughs> That's not no, where we're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, that's what was going on when when it was a whole. It made national news in Jamaica for kids like myself not to be lowered. Like you think it's a bit of rose, don't go there. Go anywhere else, just not that spot, right? Um, but anyways, fast forward to um, to New York. Um, this guy put us up in a hotel, telling us we're gonna see the big city and 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 everything like that, and I. You know, we, we bought into it. I didn't have much choice. I had to. One day, I went to the mall. It was a huge mall, um, right? And I was like, I'm going to get a job today. I don't care. And I stood at the beginning of the mall, well-dressed up in a tie, neck and tie, well-dressed up. And I just start door to door, one store. So I started door. I think that was my first experience, door to door. Gotcha. <laughs> I didn't even knew that door to door was a job. <laughs> right, right. Okay. I'm serious. Yeah. So I'm just and your and your your mode of operating there was I'm gonna go get a job today. Today. Right. How am I gonna do this? If I have to talk to every single store in this mall, I'm gonna get a job. 
by the end of the day, I got two jobs. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Yep. Um, I was going door to door to door to door to door, talking to every, because I was just determined. Because um, unfortunately, when I was out of work, some of my, some of the guys that I was staying with, they started taking advantage of me. You know, you're not bringing in anything and you're just like a leech. You're a leech. I was a leech on them and they made it known. And it was very, it, it was, the, it was bad, bad for me. I didn't feel good, right? I only had like one guy in my corner. It was like, Sheldon, don't worry, man, I got you. But they're getting their scholarship. They weren't treating me right, right? <clears throat> I couldn't even go in the fridge, touch a single snack. It was bad. So that was kind of what propelled me like, man, you need a job, bro. <laughs> and then, so you, you, so this is like hardship after hardship after oh hardship. And then you ended up on the West Coast. Yeah. So, okay. So I, yeah. So I make same, a little bit of money up to use for gas money. So they were paying me like 13 bucks an hour, but nobody told me that uh, lunch break was a thing in America. <laughs> so you worked through lunch. Every day. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I right. never clocked on once. Okay. I did not know. I did okay. not know. And I just kind of worked. And But they were so sweet. The lady, I'm like, my the, the, the store manager, she was very, 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 very nice, gentle. Um, one day I was, um, I used to jog. It was a couple of miles from work. Okay. I didn't have a car. Okay. I used to jog, man. I was like, I'm fit. I don't have a bicycle. I jog. One day I ran to work. I almost got frostbite. That's oh. how they found out that I was running to work every day. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I used to run to work and then stood on my feet for like nine hours. Okay. Every day, yeah, for, for a period of time. And that's how I saved up some money. The guys who used to treat me funny, because mm -hmm. they weren't really making money. They were just getting their scholarship or whatever, or working work study, but they were more comfortable than I. They weren't any mean, they weren't as mean anymore. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's kind of like a stark lesson that I learned. Like, just have your means, have your house in order if you don't want to get taken advantage of. That's what you know what I mean. Um, and they weren't mean to me anymore. I saved up so much money, so I was able to provide the gas for the vehicle for us to leave from New York to. So a bunch of us hop in a vehicle. I talked for um, sixteen hours straight because I I was afraid that my friend was gonna fall asleep. <laughs> Ah, okay. So, and, I, and at the time, I couldn't drive. I didn't know how to drive, so we weren't able to switch, switch, you know. And I didn't have a license, you know. I was already yeah. So um, I didn't know how to drive. So I was talking, and, and we got to New York. I just remember New York still have a because I went there with my wife. It was just recently. Yeah, it was nostalgic. Yeah, because I was telling her when I was coming across the Brooklyn Bridge, or I think it was one of those because there was a tunnel bridge going. There. Mm. I just saw the the sun. It was sunrise. And the sun was just, it was beautiful. Like it was one of the most beautiful thing I've seen in my entire life was New York driving in with the big old sun just kind of lording over the big tall buildings, right? Mm -hmm. But as soon as I got into the city, I was like, it is not as pretty as I looked from afar. <laughs> I saw this one-armed guy, just hearing gunshots everywhere. This guy just looked like he's fiending out. Um, and but anyways, this guy put us up in a in a in a in a hotel and paid the uh the you know the payments for like a two weeks. By the third week the, the clerk came asking for money. Yeah, the the you know. And we're like the the coach got it. She was like, nobody paid the bill. Look at that. 
homeless in New York City. Man. After all that, uh, after all that um, hardship, you know, we just got in the car, got in the car that just got a ticket, man. So all the little remainder money that I had, it not even that got a ticket, got impounded because we parked while we're in the it's crazy, right? So your car was impounded. You had to, my friend's you, car. Your friend's car was impounded. So you had to pay to get the car out of impound. The last get, of money that I had, and and gas for the car, and gas for the car. Okay. So no, we we nowhere to live and no money. We were just driving around aimlessly that same evening, right? The same evening. I'm just being full on with the exact story. Right, when no, that same evening, we were driving around aimlessly. It's like, what what are we gonna do? We met this random Jamaican guy, just random, just met him. He was like, I know this Nigerian guy, and he brought us to him. We didn't believe that guy put us up for three months rent-free in New York City, the same New York City that people say is so, you know, hostile and no. From my experience, when I went the first time, and even this time, I find people there to be normal. Yeah. <laughs> and from my experience, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. From my experience, very, very nice. I think a lot of that has changed since 9-11. Um, maybe not the perception, but I think, I don't know, I, I feel like 9-11 made a lot of positive change mm. for in the, the sort of the spirit and the soul of New York, and I don't know, that's just yeah. my, that's been my experience. Yeah, because when I, when I didn't find too much of that, um, I just find people just grinding, trying to figure out life, that's, yeah. and that's yeah. what I found again when I went, what, it's like a week, two, three, four weeks, or just recently. Um, but yeah, we got lucky, that guy put us up uh, in, in New York City, um, and at that time I was, trying to get into school because now the school that we went to go to we didn't get to go in okay. i was frantically trying to find a school i eventually found a junior college um to get in after i got all my transcript from from back home from jamaica and everything i finally got into a school uh and then this is what happened i'm gonna find they gave me a credit card like my first week in america it was weird <laughs> i was like how you give somebody a credit card for 300 bucks but anyway <laughs> um the, the the thing is i i went to the school i got accepted to the junior college in new york in new york okay because yeah, i was trying to figure out how to right. stay okay because my life is upended and, right you know I got into the school, just kind of hustling, trying to figure out how to get in school. I got in a school, um, and after I got in, the they said, "Okay, you can get in, but you will you can be on a payment plan." Remember, when I came to America, I didn't even know the difference between debit or credit. Okay, I had to get my first job to when somebody said debit or credit. In my culture, credit is not a thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can afford it or you, you can't. can't. That's, that's right. just it, right? the way I grew up when I was growing up. Um, and so they, you know, I, you know, saying that, you know, talking about, um, they got, got me a credit card. So I got into that school and then I was about to try to get in and they said, okay, well, you gotta be on a payment plan for that, right? So they, they, they put me on the payment plan and again, I don't even know what debit and credit is. So I don't understand anything about money, period. 
I thought the payment plan was I'll get to go for like a semester. And then you have to pay. And then I'd have to figure out how okay. to pay. Right. That's not what that is. <laughs> no, right. So I got in and then I showed up to like register for school. And then the lady said, to my surprise, you have your down payment. I was like, oh, what's a down payment? What is yeah. a down payment? <laughs> right? Yeah. And then I, I had the same $300 credit card. And this is exactly what happened. I'm not making it up. I took the credit card out, put in the machine, hoping that there's some grand miracle is going to just accept it. Again, I don't know how these things work. I know right. it's 300, but I'm praying for a miracle. Again, a desperate man hold on to straw when he's drowning, okay? Mm -hmm. So I was desperate. So I put it in, hoping it would work. Clearly, after like seven denial, um, it was like, while putting it in, I actually got a cough. This is exactly what happened. Because I was frantically calling for everybody that I knew, letting them know my situation, that I'm pretty much homeless in New York. And I needed to figure something out. So I was calling everybody that I could, trying to get some type of money for this note payment or, or something like that, or just to survive at the time. It, you know, it wasn't happening. And as I was putting my card, the card was being declined. A friend called me, Davian. Uh, called me, he was a St. Diego uh, graduate too. He was like, Sheldon, uh, uh, he was like, Sheldon, pack your bag, you're going to Oregon. Like while all that was going on, he just called me. I don't remember exactly if I had called him previously, like a couple of days before or something like that. But in that specific moment, he called me. At that point, I didn't even know what Oregon was. <laughs> when he said Oregon, you know what the first thing come in my mind? Cowboy hats and tumbleweeds. Okay. All right. This is in 2007. Okay, right. I don't know. I don't know. Like, right. you got to understand I'm coming from like, like a village. Right. I'm a village cat coming into the U.S. trying to figure out. And can you imagine the culture shock coming from cane fields to the tallest buildings in the world? Mm -hmm. Like that in itself was a culture shock. So now I got to go somewhere else. Is that going to be like riding horses? <laughs> so, so you did. You you went to Oregon. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just got on a plane okay. and I went to Oregon. Oregon was a beautiful experience. Okay. So you ended up and you went to a college there. Yeah. I okay. went to Mount Hood Community College. Okay. And you ran track. I for ran, <clears throat> ran track, won every single thing that they have to win there. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Won every single and then, thing. And then you end up in Houston. And then I ended up uh, at TSU. Coming into TSU. Um, and you did know, you run track for them too? TSU. Yeah. yeah I, okay. I captain, I captain their team and okay. everything like that. Um, uh, in, 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 Oregon was an awesome experience because I, you know, I, I get to meet some phenomenal people. And, you know, in life, things got to get balanced, mm -hmm. right? I had this horrible experience um, with racism um, in, in St. Charles. And then I went to Oregon and it was like, oh, not all people are bad. Right. It yeah. was a beautiful balance because I was like, because I didn't, I wasn't familiar with white people at all. Mm. Like I didn't know none. I, you see what I mean? Yeah. And then the first introduction I got was like, oh my God, this is what, you know what I mean? So I thought that's what it was. So when I went to Oregon, I was like, oh my God, thank God. Right, right. And then that's how I try to figure out, okay, you got to judge somebody based off their merit. You can't just judge them based off just how they look. Right. You see? I met this gentleman 
man, this gentleman, uh, 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 a white gentleman, even even today, I kind of call him like my American parent. Okay. He was white. His wife was, um, she was Cherokee. Mm. Cherokee, right? Um, and they basically adopted me, man. Okay. They respected my work ethic um, because in Oregon, I was running track. I did actually pull the same move in New York when I went to Oregon, even though I kind of did not necessarily have to. I went to or Oregon and I told my coach, drive me to every single restaurant. Okay. <laughs> I ended up with like five, I don't know, maybe like three restaurant jobs. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I was running track, you know, running track, going to school, um, and uh, and uh, working. Okay. Two jobs. I was working for Old Navy for half of the day, and then the remainder of the day, um, I had to uh, 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 do the um, the like in the summer, like in the summer months, I had to do the restaurant jobs. Mm, okay. It was weird. I was working so much. This is actually this is a funny story. Y'all, you're gonna laugh at this. Because like my schedule would be like I'd get up like at five, hop on my bicycle, like in Oregon, but that's a thing in Oregon though. People ride it's mm -hmm. beautiful, right? You know, right? Yeah. I used to ride a lot, a lot, and guys would be like, "Man, I have." You say I would tell him, "You got horsepower, but I got manpower," and I'll yeah, beat yeah. because I'd meet them in traffic. <laughs> I'm a fit athlete, right? Yeah, I looked at it as a part of my training, right? And I would, you know, ride to work. After I get off work. Um, I would uh, have to go to school, train, right? And then, like, in the evening, uh, the restaurant job, I could start, like, 6, like, 5, 6, right? So I'd work from, like, 5, I would work, like, like from 5 in the morning to probably, like, 11 for the Old Navy, Old Navy. Okay. I'd have to go to school and training in between 12 and 5. Five. And then I'll get to that other job that starts at 5. It was supposed to go from 5 to like 9, but oftentimes it ends up to like midnight or 1 or 2 in the morning. Gotcha. So if anybody's wondering whether you know how to work hard, you definitely know how to work hard. <laughs> okay. All right. So you end up, so then, so you stay there for a while. You come to, um, to Houston. You're at TSU. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, uh, so let's just fast forward a little bit. So you, you, you make it to Houston. Um, you know, I, I used to say all the time, people ask me how I got to Houston. I say, well, I drove, which, uh, <laughs> um, but I always say I got here as fast as I could. Right. Um, <laughs> that's, I, I got here as fast as I could. Mm -hmm. And so it sounds like you too. Right. And, and have actually sort of, if you run the, the, the yeah. running metaphor, You've been running, running and running and running, trying to get... Well, with a lot of help, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. With a, with a lot of help, because, right. yep. I, again, like in Oregon, if I didn't met this couple, mm -hmm. there's no way I would have... I, I still, doing all that, the two-year degree, I still finish it in a year and a half. Man, all right. So, yeah. so okay, so now you're, you're at TSU mm -hmm. here in Houston, and then you, how did you get involved in solar? Um. So... That one is not a long story. I don't know. Well, <laughs> well, what's the short part of that one? So the, we the, wanted to talk about your origin and the whole bridging. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So um, um, that whole thing started um, from just you know doing track, uh, captain a TSU 
track team for like three years. Didn't get to do a lot of work, uh, work, um, you know, because you get to do interns mm -hmm, while you're right. in college. But when you're doing athletics, <clears throat> when you're doing athletics, you don't get that opportunity. Okay. So because of that, I didn't have a lot of any type of work experience. So I had to kind of figure out how to start working, right? And I wasn't finding any job coming out of school because all the job was like work experience and I didn't even have a single work study. So I couldn't really find, find that type of job. And I kind of like <clears throat> wavered. I was like, oh, I'm probably not find work or whatever. But eventually um, I was late. I was, it was just like I was getting lackadaisical. I would like sleep to like 10 you know what I mean? Not really being as productive after you do all this hard work to graduate school is like, what's going on? You tried, but you didn't get a job. So what are you going to do? You know what I mean? And I did not um, kind of pursue hard enough. And then one day I was like laying down. I was like, what the hell are you doing, Shetty? Did you come to America for this? <laughs> to lay the bed until a goddamn 10 o'clock or what? <laughs> you see? And yeah. then, and then I kind of popped up and then I made finding a job a job. That's a good idea. I, I've, I've told a few people in, in my time that if you don't have a job, your full-time job is finding a job, yes, right? Yeah. yeah, I made finding a job a job, and then I would just get up as if I had a job, get on the computer, apply to a whole bunch of places, and eventually uh, a, a company called me, and, and I, you know, I went to work there, and um, it, you know, it was... It was, I actually applied because I didn't have any sales experience at all. Clearly, I have no work experience. So mm -hmm. how is even sales? I wasn't even thinking to get in a sales career. Sales, that, that's, why would you have a lot of bunch of people tell you no? I, matter of fact, I didn't even know what sales was. I didn't even know, like, period. It was like selling stuff. Um, and, you know, so I applied for a draftsman job or a draftsman, like a card designer, because I did a lot of that because I, so the industrial technology with a lot of focus on like uh, construction in, in college. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then I, you know, went to apply for that job, clearly with a job title and everything. So I don't know how my resume ended up in sales. <laughs> okay. That's actually how my resume ended up in. I don't know how it did, but it ended up in sales. The, the sales lady, the, the recruiting lady called me and we kind of hit it off. And it's funny enough, I had a baby at the time and how he kind of broke the eyes. Once we were doing like the video interview, mm -hmm. my daughter locked herself in the kitchen. Oh, <laughs> and I had to stop the interview to go get her on the kitchen. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh, wow. Okay. My daughter locked herself in the kitchen. And at the time she was probably like two or maybe younger. Mm -hmm. But I think I was on daddy duties at yeah. that time. Um, and so the, uh, you know, I got that job. I went working for them. I was putting in hours. I was the type of employee that would go in eight mm -hmm. in the morning and leave at like 10 at night. I know it's crazy, but it's, it's what happened at like when I was, my motivation was waning from that job because three bosses got promoted. And for me, that's very lucky that three bosses got promoted, I never got a single promotion mm. for that job. And my boss sometimes would come in at like five o'clock or, or three o'clock in the afternoon. 
on a Friday, give me an assignment that is due for Monday morning at nine. And I would stay and work on it like at home and stuff like that for the whole weekend just to make sure that he has the assignment. Of course, you got people like that working very hard under you going to elevate. Right. But I, I didn't. I didn't. Right. But I'm very fortunate for me to see that happen three times in maybe like three years. Because think about the average person, right? For that to happen to them, it's usually over a 15-year or nine-year period. Mm -hmm. That happened to you three times. In, so you knew that that was a dead-end job. You weren't going anywhere. I anymore. knew that Got the it. corporate world was nowhere for me. And that's so, where's my blessing. And so then, so that was your blessing. Mm -hmm. And then, so then you ended up, how, how did you, so you w went and worked for Tesla? Yes. So okay. the, 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 the same work ethic that I had at that job, all I did was just transfer it to, to, to solar. Okay, so so you ended up transporting your experience having grown up poor. Mm -hmm. You nearly bridged the light, <laughs> right? But ran track, mm -hmm. ran all the way as fast as you could and as far as you could. Mm -hmm. You made it over to the U.S. Mm -hmm. and you, through grit, determination, all kinds of trials and tribulations. A lot of help. A lot, and, and help. Mm -hmm. um, you ended up in Houston. Correct. Mm -hmm. You got a job. Um, you saw three people promoted above you. You realized that corporate wasn't ne necessarily for you. Mm -hmm. So then you end up going to work for Tesla, and and you I all of a sudden went, I actually went into work for a company called Solar City. Solar City, okay, and acquired okay by Tesla. by Tesla, okay. And then te at the time, Elon Musk, I, th I think he wasn't digging salespeople too much because he figured Solar will sell itself. Right, right. So he basically <laughs> fired the whole right everybody. But that was one of the best things. He's kind of great, I guess, being the richest man in the world and can make moves like that because because he just upended the whole industry because he was the leading solar company at the time. Right. So now he came, he took over the company, fired everybody, right? But because of that, that's why solar has taken off. Yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah. Because all the folks that he fired, they went to our financing company, installation company, and sales company. Right. Which kind of fast forward with me... I worked for other companies after that. Since that time, learned the ropes, actually built uh, another gentleman's company from zero install in Houston to hundreds mm -hmm. uh, and did very, very happy customers and everything like that. And then it just dawned on me, like, you're, you're doing great at the work. You know how to do the work. Why not do it for you, right? And, and, and so now... Sitting here today, you've got your own solar company. Own solar company. Yep. And um, um and and installing um the solar on people's roofs. Absolutely. You need to have people calling you back, asking you to come out. Right. And I get a lot of and, and yet and you're still knocking doors. Still out there doing the grind. Yep. The gr the grind so, never stops. And uh it's just kind of building from there and making sure that I um I, you know, the treat people right. I sky's the limit. Like, right? you know, the golden rule, man. Do unto yeah. others that you'd want them to do yeah. unto you. Yeah. You know, I live by that. Yeah, mm -hmm. in in a positive way, right? So you don't want to treat. But I totally understand what you mean. No, so yeah. now, <laughs> I mean, I mean, Sheldon, I can't imagine a better or more interesting origin story from you know from the situation you were in mm -hmm. in Jamaica mm -hmm. to sitting here today, um, and now you're giving back in lots of different ways you're actually right. um you're helping out the, the the school that you that you came from yeah supporting TSU yes, yes, yes. with some of your efforts 
man, what a, what an awesome origin story. Thanks for for sharing that with everybody. Um, and uh, so that that's that's why this is uh, uh, such a passion. Yeah, it's a passion yep. thing for me, and I love yep. doing the work. And I'm encouraging folks to get it for their home, and I also encourage people to get into career as well. Yeah. So, yep. um, Dennis, thank you so much for hearing my story. Uh, it was pretty neat uh, speaking my story. I don't think I've ever really just kind of kind of go from step to step like that. Thanks for hearing me out. And um, yeah, so we'll just kind of reconnect on uh, Energy Bridge. There you go. Um, go from there. Cool. Cold means, man. One love. <laughs> One love, brother. <laughs> Man, I know that's a lot. You guys are like, God damn it, Shellen is long-winded.